Hello and welcome to LawPod. I'm Lee Hedgepantelis, the principal of Bryden's Lawyers. Now, we were recently joined by two very special guests from the West Tigers, Reese Hoffman and Luke Garner. And so popular were they that we've had to do it again with two more young up-and-coming stars of the West Tigers. And I'm more than happy to welcome to Bryden's Lawyers today, Jacob Little and Tommy Talau. Gentlemen, welcome. Good afternoon. Hey, mate. Good to be here. I'm glad to hear that because, of course, Reese was here a little while ago with Luke and and I asked them whether or not they found that more nervous sitting opposite the principal of Brian's Lawyers, the major sponsor of the West Tigers, or the chairman of the West Tigers. And they said neither. They weren't fussed at all. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the attitude? Uh, yeah, I want you in um, the room with Madge. Nothing really compares <laughs> after a game. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. I'll let uh, Pasco know that. Yeah. So there's no fear factor there at all? Especially after a game or after a loss, for sure. Nah, nah, we're good. Oh, fair enough. And you, Tommy, all, all sweet there? No, nah, I'm good. There's no dramas? No. Nah. Everything content? We're happy to be here. I'm ready to go. Oh, good. All right, well, firstly, uh, what we do is we start off to let our listeners know a little bit more about you. Jacob, let us know the Jacob Little story. Yep, so I grew up on the Central Coast, started playing my junior rugby league for Wang Roos, moved down to Sydney to play for Tigers in the under-20s, and been here ever since, just loving footy, living out west and surfing when I can. All right. Well, how did you get to the West Tigers? I think I got picked up through school footy. Warren McDonald, um, the recruitment officer, was at one of the um, carnivals and saw me playing and went, yeah, went from there. Fair enough. All right. Now, you, Tommy, you've got a bit of pedigree in you, of course, because your father played. Yeah. Okay. So was it always going to be the case that you were going to follow in his footsteps and play rugby league? Yeah. Well, my first sport that I started playing was I wasn't really, uh, gymnastics. So oh, okay. He, he got us into gymnastics at the start. As in, you were a cheerleader or something? Is that right? No, <laughs> just I don't know. It was like three or four years okay. old. Just the, you know, the activities on the on the floor mats or whatever. Yeah. Because I've got two brothers as well, so we did that. And um, yeah, obviously we grew up playing a lot of footy. I was watching a lot of footy as my father played. And yeah, I think it was pretty much straightforward from there. Were you aware that you were like growing up aware that your father was an NRL star, like a like a rugby league star? I mean, at what age do you become aware that your father is like? <laughs> A little bit different like he's well known and, and, and very popular yeah well um me and my siblings grew up in um, England so primary school wasn't like very very big and uh, the place that we're staying like St Helens everyone like really like knows each other because it's not very big just growing up just listening to people say oh this is your dad blah 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 just talk about footy and that like I, I, was, I didn't really think about it, but I think as you get older you like recognize how oh wow like my so, dad actually plays so footy. when people said you know oh my god is that your dad is that your dad did you say yes Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just said, oh, yeah. Because uh, like, i got three girls, of course, and I, you know, when people hear me on the radio sometimes or see me in the press, they go, oh, my God, is that your father? They go, no, no, no. They just deny me every time. They go, no, yeah. sorry, I don't know who he is. Yeah. We've just got the same suit. I don't know, I don't know that man at all. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I reckon that would have happened a couple of times, for oh, sure. Fair, fair enough. All right, well, how did you get to the West Tigers? Yeah, well, I uh, started playing footy at five years old in England and then um, for a team called Blackbrook Royals um, in St Helens and then moved here, moved back to Australia when I was 10 and played for Bulldogs Junior Rugby League team called Moorbank Rams. So I was in the Bulldogs system, played Harold Mads, played SG Ball, under 18s. After the Australian Schoolboys um, Carnival, I got an offer at Tigers and uh, it was just a really good opportunity. Well, and let me tell you, as the chair and the principal sponsor, we are very happy to have both of you with the West mm -hmm. Tigers. We've just come out of a very difficult year, of course, with the bubble and the like. For you, it would have been doubly difficult, of course, Jacob, because you made your way back from a serious injury, back into it. So for you, there was a lot of good and bad. Firstly, the bad, how did you find the bubble? Terrible, awful. You would sort of go to training, come home, do nothing, 
and like couldn't go out of the house, couldn't really enjoy yourself. So yeah, it was um it was tough. I think with footy, you sort of want to get away from it a bit, like go yeah, go out to restaurants and do something with my girlfriend, or we just sort of couldn't. So it was um all footy, and coming back from injury, couldn't get away from like the injury side of things. You just couldn't like. So yeah, it was it was tough. It was um a different experience. So what were your living arrangements in the year? So I'm staying at my girlfriend's okay. house, yeah, at the moment. And so you're restricted to that? You, yeah, that yeah. was it pretty much? That was it, yeah. Because okay. so she was not in the bubble as such, but there's limits on what you can do. Yeah, so you couldn't go see, um, obviously, my mum and dad down the coast, my two brothers. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was difficult, okay. especially yeah, going through re- rehab and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and you, Tommy? Yeah, well, I think I had a better than most because I, I live with my my mum and um, all my brothers are there and my siblings I just didn't get to see my my girlfriend as much but yeah I think I think I had it pretty good to be honest like mm. obviously I'm like well I'm a massive foodie so I love going mm. out to cafes and, and restaurants and all that stuff but yeah uh, my brothers keep it very entertaining so uh, I thought it was all right. Now nah, look everyone speaks about how difficult it was and there was some suggestion at the beginning of the year as to whether or not we part of the administration of the club would have to go in the bubble as well and we didn't have to go in it would have been incredibly difficult of course but I really do feel for you boys having put up with it throughout the year and hopefully it's behind us now and 2021 is going to be completely different. Of course, with the bubble, it wasn't just the bubble. We had games before empty stadiums. Now, I mean, that, that's got to be a unique experience because I would assume that you, as professional players, as professional athletes, you feed off that vibe, that energy coming out of the crowd. What's it like running onto an empty stadium? Is it, is it, does it feel like a game or does it feel like a glorified training session? I personally didn't get to experience that. I was injured at the, um, the time, but... I was at the stadium watching the crowd and it was it was eerie. It was sort of yeah, really weird. Um, you could hear every sort of contact, every tackle, and yeah, you don't really get that hype where you get from the crowd that you sort of you need. You feed off sometimes that if it, uh, the game's getting really hard. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, I thought it was really weird as well. And plus, I just really wanted my my family there to watch me. Um, that was a big thing for me. But like when the crowd started coming back you could just tell the difference like yeah as you said i think that you get like a bit more energy and stuff like that but yeah it was it was it was, it was actually really weird okay now you've mentioned a couple of times now uh, jacob about coming back from injury and the like and it's well known that you had a very significant knee injury you did your acl you're one of a thousand players that did their acl in the last year or so who knows why it's just something that needs to be looked at firstly when you go down do you know it's your acl <laughs> or do you hoping i mean is it you know, you're praying against you know for the best, of course. I mean, is it something that's in your mind? Are players that acutely aware now that the ACL is that is that? Yeah. So with my one, I had someone crash into my knee. <laughs> someone that might be sitting next to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> was that you, Tommy? Yeah, that was in my debut. <laughs> oh no! What a debut. But um. Oh dear, terrible. Yeah. Talk about asking questions you don't know the answer to. I'll withdraw that. Anyway, yeah. um, don't worry about the me- the mechanics of the injury. Let's yeah, move on from yeah, that. Yeah, that's just footy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but in saying that, I think the force and the sort of the way my knee bent, I knew instantly. Mm. It wasn't so much the pain, but it was just the fact that it sort of the it dislocated so much that I knew it wasn't sort of coming back from that. And yeah, so that was my first um, knee injury. So yeah, that was a pretty gruesome one. Right. And you, and you know straight away it's nine to twelve months, don't you? Yeah, yeah, pretty Even much. with all the rehab that we have now, all the physio, all of the sort of modern modern aids and equipment, it's still nine to 12 months to get through an ACL. Yeah, um, yeah, the chances and the um, the risk factor of coming back before that nine to 12 months, it, it's too much, yeah. Okay, There's so, too many re-injuries and stuff right. with ACLs. Well, that's in the past and we yep. can just look forward to moving on because you did come back and, of course, play the back end of the season. Yep. 
All right, Tommy, your role within the team, of course, you know, I mean, it really is because you're one of these these players that does have that ability to play in a number of different positions. And ultimately, where you play will be a decision made by Madge, of course, with the, the, the you know with his coaching staff in yep. consultation with you. But um, you've played wing, uh, centre. S- some have said that you'll end up in the back row. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems to be a natural evolution sometimes. Yeah. Do you have a favourite position? Yeah, I want to play centre at the moment. I grew up playing in the halves, funny enough, and then ended up putting about 10 kilos on and I'm an outside back now. But um, yeah, I feel like I play my best footy at centre. But then again, if uh, any other sports come up, I'm happy to play any, even if it is the back row. So, no, ab- yeah. Absolutely. It's funny, you know, because I was saying earlier to the, the boys, you know, Reese and Luke and whatnot, you used to be able to once upon a time look at a player and look at their size, their build, their weight and whatnot and say, oh, well, you know, they're a forward, they're a back. Mm. I don't think you can do that anymore. Nah. I mean, some of these outside backs are so big, you yeah, think they end sure. up as back rows. You look at someone like Rowdy, for example, started in the, in the centres and then end up in the back row. So it really is hard to pick. Yeah. All right. But you, Jacob, though, uh, if if... If I recall correctly, you've played one position only, haven't you? I mean, yeah, you're, um, like you're a specialist number nine. Yeah, so I think I moved into um, hooker at age 15. And before that, I played every position. But ever since then, I just loved the spot and I've uh, tried to make it my own. Yeah. Well, it, it seems to me that the great hookers are the real cheeky ones. Like the real, you know, those real pains in the neck sort of thing. They're right involved. And when you, you know, when you talk about you know, great hooker, you're talking about like Benny Elias, for example, or Robbie Farah, mm. blokes who are right in the middle of it all the time. Is that, what you, is that the role of the hooker, though? I mean, apart from all the technical stuff, of getting the ball out, feeding, getting good ball out as quickly as possible, is it that you're the one mixing it up all the time? You're the one that's driving all that sort of... That, that, that sort of confrontation at the, on the front line. Yeah, you sort of have to be, aren't you? You're sort of in the mix of it. Um, you have all these big human beings around you. You just have to um, try and hold your own. Um, you have some of the greats like Michael Ennis, which is the biggest smartass out there and <laughs> could stir the pot and change games in that way. Yeah, so you, yeah, you just do what you can to get the upper hand sometimes. Because it's right there. Because, I mean, as the hooker, right, you are the smallest bloke in that sort of arena, aren't you? You got the yeah. hook, you got the the big props on either side, props opposite you as well. You're in that scrum. You are one of the smallest blokes in that sort of room. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, these blokes next to me, left or right, better look out for me. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, I think a lot of hookers hold their own these days. I think we're all tough and yeah, want to have a go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I had lunch with Benny Elias not that long ago, and he was saying they just felt so comfortable because, you know, I mean, I mean, Kerry Hemsley on one side and Blocker Roach on the other, he says, I felt protected. And so it must be a good feeling. Yeah. Have you seen our pack this year? Massive. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there is a bit of size there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. Uh, well, well, speaking of that, of course, we've got James Tarmow, and I don't know if you know James at all, but um, I hear very good things about James as, as a leader and as a senior player. So that's something I think that's going to add to what is already a really exciting young roster what do you think someone like James Tarmout Tommy will, will bring to the club I think just his experience and you know he just played in the grand final and you know he's represented his country and uh, his state and everything like that so um, I think it'll be very good because we've got some good uh, really good front rowers and in like Tom, Tom McKayley and Zane Musgrove so I think he'll be a good mentor for them as well you're right there because you can't buy experience can you I mean he's just come mm. out of a grand final for example mm. it's something that every member of our roster is aspiring to so it's an opportunity for you to sit down and speak to him and say well, you know what's it like what's I mean everyone wants to experience that and the fact that we've got someone in that group now that has actually been there and done it and who's a, a senior player I think it's going to add a lot to that group yeah for sure yeah. Um, I think we lost a bit of experience this year with all the boys leaving so of course. he would be um, a major asset I reckon this year now apart from James of course we've got Joe Offengawi has joined us how's, how's Joe settling in? Yeah, he's been good he's a beast yeah. he's, a, yeah, he's a beast man <laughs> that's what they're saying like yeah. apparently is he impressing in the gym though is he Bro, there's a couple of boys already that lift 
that lift a lot of weight and yep. he's he's up there he's up there he's already. definitely up there yeah uh, unbelievable and then of course james roberts working around yeah there's no doubt about that so <laughs> it's you know so it's one of the things that i know that the club has been very keen on that with all our retention and recruitment you look at players that can add to what is already a very exciting roster like we are really really excited about the roster we have and, and you two especially and, and every member of our our team are someone that we want at the west tigers which we know that we can get the best out of you and that you can provide the best to us. So, you know, so we're really, we're really keen on making sure that anyone that we add to that roster will supplement and the group. And I think we're doing that. Yeah, for sure. And there's a couple of young prospects as, as well on trial and train, the train programs as well. We won't mention their names because we don't want other clubs listening, of course, and we don't <laughs> want them venturing down there. Tommy, I know that you were a captain of the um, under 18 SG Ball Cup team there at the, the Bulldogs. Mm. Enjoy the captaincy. Yeah, it was it was fun. I was like really good mates with everyone in the team because I went to school with most of them and played um, the younger ages with them. But yeah, it was really good. We we got beat in the grand final, but it was it was such a fun year. It was yeah one of my best years of footy that I can remember. So yeah. all right, well, 2020 was not the year that we all hoped it would be. Of course, we finished 11th in the season and then add COVID to it, so it was a disaster for us. <coughs> but things are looking good for 2021. There's no doubt that we've improved, as I say, on what has already been what was already a very good roster is there any particular game during the year that you look forward to because there's, there's a couple of special fixtures of course we've got the tamworth game again there's the easter monday game against Parramatta at bankwest that's that's our home game this year but are there any special fixtures or, or do you just treat it like week in week out well i get a little bit excited when i first like players that used to like watch on tv and stuff okay. like apart from that i just like um, yeah. you know taking a week by week are there any teams or any players that you find that challenge you or push you to be your best I I think, oh, I think every week I sort of look at the opposing hooker and just try and be better than them. I think that's why I try and take him every week. But yeah, it's crazy versus yeah, people like Cameron Smith and all these stars that you watch, like grow up watching and then yeah, playing them on the big stage. So yeah. Well, you, Jacob, you would see a lot more in Cameron Smith's game than say what a lay person like me would see, right? And they reference Cameron as being the GOAT all the time. But do you see that as well, like as a current player, and particularly as a number nine, do you watch him and say, oh my God, look look what he does, or he's read of the play, or whatever the case might be? And one of the things that I point out to my girls sometimes when we talk about why he is the greatest or why he could be the greatest of all time, is I, is I said to him that he just minimizes mistakes and every decision that he makes, every pass, every kick, enhances his team, right? It promotes the team. So mm. very rare does he make the wrong decision. I think that's the difference. Yeah, I think his game management's the best that's ever been and that's what he's been known for his movement out of um, dummy half is impeccable he sort of draws players in he can put people through holes he's just mm. yeah but yeah he's the best he's the goat for someone like you Tommy right some you know, a young talent coming through the ranks really establishing yourself as one of the future stars of the game there's a real balance isn't there between following game plan and playing instinctive mm. right like seeing an opportunity and taking it are you encouraged by the coaching staff to follow your instincts at all or do you have are you confined to a game plan or do you just have to play what you see in front of you oh for myself i feel like i'm like an instinctive instinctive player but i think you got to pick your times i think like positionally you got to always follow the game plan but then again most of the time when crazy stuff happens and you score tries it's off like instinctive stuff and just how you feel so i, I like you know i i just feel what i just do what what i feel is right at the time Fair enough. All right, so we've got the temporary facility, of course, at Cintra, where you boys are located at the moment. We've started construction of the new Centre of Excellence, which should be up and running for season 2022. How, how exciting is that for the from the players' perspective, a Centre of Excellence of that quality? Yeah, for sure. So I've been in the club for 
uh, six years now. Yeah, sort of just been waiting. I'm really excited to sort of try, try out the new facility, um, state of the art, of course, and yeah, it should um, yeah, make me way more excited coming to training and sort of <laughs> Look, I mean, have at, all these at the end of the, at hand. At the end of the day, a centre of excellence is just bricks and mortar, isn't it? I mean, that's all it is, just another building, and the quality of the facilities is determined by the quality of the people. That, exactly. But it makes it easier. I mean, if you've got absolute cutting-edge technology so far as playing equipment, rehab, ice baths, all that sort of stuff, it's got to make it easier then to, for you to be performing at your best as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it'll make a big difference to the club. All right. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What, from your perspective, what is it about the West Tigers that draws you to the club? I mean, I know it's got a real, what I hope is a real great family feel to the club and there's that real great spirit in the club and there's that incredible heritage and, and history that many other clubs don't enjoy being of two foundation clubs of course, merging together. From your perspective, what is it about the West Tigers you think that might set, set it apart from other clubs or, or draws you to it? I think just like the players and the people that we have around in the club, uh, that's, a, that's a big thing for me. I just feel like everyone's like one family sort of thing and uh, just feel real comfortable and just enjoy going to training and, and stuff like that. So You, Jacob? Um, yeah, for me, I think it's just a, yeah, it's a community club. Everywhere you go, there's anywhere in Australia, there's Tigers fans everywhere. They love the, they're just diehards. They love the club and you just feel like you're part of something. Mm. I agree with you. Um, I get that feeling every time I go down to Concord as well. I really enjoy uh, even just walking into the place. The reception by the staff, by the players is just so genuine and just so warm. It really does feel like a second home. Mm. Tommy, what's your cultural background? So I'm half Samoan, half Australian. My oh, dad's okay. Samoan. Yeah, okay. my mum's Australian. All right, well, David Nofaluma, of course, is Samoan as well. Mm. And I think he regards himself, doesn't he, as the king of Samoa in Australia? Is that is that right? The or? Samoan warrior, the Samoan yeah. Wa is that what he calls himself? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I've noticed over the years he's become incredibly proud of his Samoan heritage, as he should be and whatnot. Yeah. But has he established now some sort of like seniority or some sort of elder status in the Samoan communities? I, honestly, I don't know. Was that um, how he sees himself? Uh, <laughs> I, I think so. I'm, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. Because he obviously played for Samoa and all that. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know how he was at the camp or anything like that. But um, knowing Nofa, he's, he would probably be uh, <laughs> I think what you see with David is what you get. Whether yeah. it's at camp, or at home, on a golf course, I think he's the same yeah. uh, any, anywhere he goes. All right. Well, look, you, you boys are still relatively young, right? And it's early stages within your career but no doubt I mean you have an opportunity to look back on where you were and where it all started there would be tens of thousands of rugby league players who would never get the opportunity to play NRL why do some get to play NRL and others don't why are you playing NRL and others haven't had that opportunity what sep what separates you what sets you apart is it natural ability is it dedication is it commitment is it passion or is it all of the above for, for me I think natural ability only gets you so far that's yeah well my my old man's always been someone that teaches hard work you get, don't get anywhere without hard work so i think it's just the the stuff that people don't see the stuff off the field away from training you know doing extras and all that and i think you just got to be dedicated and um, if you really want it then just go get it no i agree i agree with tommy there yeah talent only gets you so far i think yeah back in the day a lot of like you get to the age where a lot of people sort of choose whether they want to play footy dedicate themselves to footy or where they want to go out drinking or something. I think that's where a lot of people get cut off. And they, if you want to follow your dream, you have to work hard for it and put in the time and effort and make those sacrifices. I think you're right. I think a lot of people don't understand the, the sacrifices that you have to make to get to where you are as elite athletes. There is a lot of work involved and they don't see that. They see you turn up on the weekends and play 80 minutes of NRL and, and then they go home, but they don't realise the hour upon hour upon hour that you put in 
doing the gym work, doing the training, and then doing the extras, as you say, as well. I mean, it's a real credit to you both, and you are both a credit to the West Tigers, and we are proud to have you as part of our roster, let me, let me assure you. Thanks, mate. No, no. And the final question is the same question that I posed to Reese and to Luke Garner. I had um, an opportunity to speak to Justin Pascoe recently, who told me that at the age of 17, apparently he broke 11 seconds for 100 metres. Any possibility, any possibility. No, well, that's what I said. And, and he, he, got, he got very offended. He got very offended when I started to laugh. Is there any possibility? I mean, apparently he was regarded, I think, by himself. Uh, as an elite athlete at the age of 17 and was wanted in the AFL draft. I think he was number 392 on the draft or something. There you go. Yeah. Get him out in the field. Well, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, does he ever pop out there? Do you ever see him on the paddock or at all trying to pick up a ball or anything like that? Or? I don't think I've ever seen him out in the paddock. No, no, no. For someone that can run sub 11 for 100 minutes, you'd think he'd want to get out there and whatnot and, and have yeah, a go. Yeah, he train somewhere else? Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that could be right. I chuck mean, him he, on the wing. Well, he doesn't want to embarrass anyone with his natural skills and, and his jo- innate Josh ability. Yeah, yeah but that's a possibility. All right, boys, look, thank you very much for popping into Bryden's Lawyers today. And as I say, on behalf of Bryden's Lawyers and in my role as chair of the West Tigers, uh, we are really appreciative of your efforts and what you bring to this club, and we're really grateful for it. Thanks for having us, Lee. No, Cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, and to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in again to LawPod. It's been an incredible opportunity for me to get to know these boys a little bit better. If there is any particular subject matter that you would like us to address, uh, you can contact us directly at lawpod at brydens.com.au. Make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now, I assume you boys have got all that. Facebook, Twitter, yep. Instagram. Yes. Follow, uh, follow Brydon Lawyers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to know. <laughs> you, Tommy, TikTok account? Yeah, give them a follow, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just share. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> are the boys are the boys conscious of their following? I mean, no, like, who, who's got the biggest uh, following in the in the club? You reckon ooh. on social media? Do we know? Would it be Nofa? Oh, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I think it was Benji, but yeah, I'm making ben, my yeah. way up there. I'm, Benji, I'm Benji would be now. solid. Benji would yeah. be solid. Um, yeah, Robbie, Robbie no Farrah, maybe, maybe. Farrah, have a beer. Jo- oh, Jockey Madden. Jockey Madden. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think he's got about 100K or something. Serious. Yeah, yeah, well, well 100,000 solid. Mm. That really, well, we'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, we'll have to, some sort of competition this year or something. Alex Safar's got like 1,000. Yeah. And <laughs> offer a prize this year or something. To, anyways. So, well, uh, anyways, I'm proud to say I don't have a, a TikTok account. But again, fellas, thank you very much. And thank you to all those who are listening to LawPod. Bye for now.